Josh Giddy sees his NBA All-Star Weekend wrap up without a win in the Skills Challenge or the Rising Stars game. But Josh Giddy saw a very successful All-Star Weekend. And LeBron James is praising Sam Presti and Josh Giddey. What does it mean? Is LeBron James heading to Bricktown? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunder Pod. Email the show, LO Thunder Pod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Bet Online. Josh Giddy loses in round one of the Rising Stars Challenge. He and Evan Mobley team up and they're unstoppable in the shooting challenge. LeBron James praises Sam Presti. And even on All-Star Game Weekend, Josh Giddy's teammates fail him. But today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's start with Josh Giddy in the Rising Stars game. Playing for Team Worthy has those bright orange jerseys on. I wish the NBA would have given Team Worthy the teal jerseys because the teal jerseys looked very good, but still, orange was all right for Josh Giddy. He scores two points, hauls in nine rebounds in a game to 50, and dishes out six assists. Just one turnover, goes one for two from the floor, but 0 for two at the line, which was big in a one-point loss. He had that full-length inbound, the full length of the court to Jalen Suggs, who went and slammed it home, which was the highlight of Josh Giddy's Rising Stars game. A setting that's not particularly uh, great for a guy like Josh Giddy, who likes to facilitate because you know, you're playing with other guys who like to ISO score and like to kind of create those highlights on their own rather than being set up by an elite score. So the only true highlight where was, of course, Josh Giddy throwing the inbound, the length of the floor and getting it done that way. And all in all, it was a fun event. I liked the way that the NBA changed the Rising Stars Challenge. It has gone through many iterations, like rookies versus sophomores, uh, U.S. versus world, and so many other ways of breaking down these teams. But having it split up to four teams in a game to 50 in the first round, game to 25 in the title round, a little weird shooting contest in between the two, and being coached by legends of the game was a lot of fun. And I think that it got progressively more fun. I think that in the first game, which was what Josh Giddey played in the first game against Team Isaiah and Team Worthy, uh, they started out kind of to feel out the process and kind of acting a little too cool for school. And then once they got like halfway to the target score, then they started buckling down and playing really fun basketball, which I think woke up the next two set of teams to wake up and play hard from the beginning. And so round one was really awesome, especially after the first about five minutes of, of the first game. But Jalen Green really helped out Team Worthy, going for 20 points on 61% shooting from the floor, 44% from deep. And yes, despite his two rebounds and two assists and two steals and a block, he did have the one blooper where 
you, know, you only need one point to win the game and he takes a contested step back shot that it gets blocked and you can argue that he was fouled on the play and of course loses the game for team worthy so to say but obviously josh Kinney missing two free throws was a big deal in that if anybody is going to quote unquote lose the game for team worthy it's cole anthony after this weekend i'm i am just sick of cole anthony i need this all-star break to kind of refresh from Cole Anthony before watching him play for the Magic at the end of the week because, woof. I mean, Cole Anthony starts the game with like four just non-competitive threes. I mean, he's taking threes from the logo, and it's just incredible. Whoever told Cole Anthony that he was LeBron James, he listened before the game because he took some outrageously bad shots, and he goes 0 for 4 from 3, 2 for 6 from the floor, Three assists, a turnover, a steal. He did have the funny moment where he pulls down his shorts to try to, uh, you know, kind of distract the game-winning free throw that was made. But what an awful weekend for Cole Anthony. Had the awful dunk contest where he's trying to dunk in Tim's and just, and what a bad dunk contest was it in general. But Cole Anthony, really bad All-Star weekend. Really, really bad All-Star weekend. And Josh Gilliam, though, had a great one. Jalen Suggs only missed two shots. Both were threes, shot 75% from the floor uh, and had a rebound, three fouls though, including the foul to uh, end the game and 16 points. Really like Suggs, like Green, like Giddy. Just Cole Anthony, what are you doing out there? What are you doing? It, just, it was bad. It was bad from Cole Anthony. But uh, the in between the semifinals and the championship, there was a shooting challenge, which... Never made any sense, and then even whenever they were doing it, it didn't make much sense. But Josh Giddey's partner was Evan Mobley. They finished second uh, because they just couldn't get the time down. It was like a relay race timer type thing to hit a shot from every spot. Some teams didn't even make a a shot from that spot, like Scotty Barnes and Terry's Maxi went like 0 for 7 on this Magic Johnson hook shot spot that was like a bunny. Uh, I think that that had potential to be really good. Uh, I didn't like that you didn't have to recreate the shot, though. Like It had all these historic moments, the Ray Allen 3, the – uh, Damian Lillard three eight, three to end the series against Oklahoma City. The Magic Johnson hook shot. I had all these different iconic shots, but like from the Magic Johnson hook shot, you could just shoot a normal shot. I, it just it it was okay. It was a good idea to put in there to kind of give each team a break to go back to play the championship game, but it just wasn't executed very well. It was better than the dating game thing that broke out in between uh, the three point contest and dunk contest, but it was. Still not great because they didn't actually recreate the shots. If they would have forced you to take a, a step back leaning three from the Dame spot, uh, and that's the only way you could make it, it would have been a little bit more fun and more entertaining to see. Or the you have to shoot hook shot from the manager off the spot. Then this whole ordeal could have been a lot better and could have been a lot more fun in between the games. But still, it's a Friday night challenge on All-Star Weekend. Friday nights is usually the throwaway night of All-Star Weekend. You get the celebrity game, you get the Rising Stars contest, and then Obviously, now you get the challenge of the of the pairing up rookies and sophomores and throwing them into a shooting contest, but it was still fun. I, I think that all around, one of the more fun Rising Stars games ever. Uh, I think that uh, I think that this format should stick around in some capacity. Obviously, they did it for the 75th anniversary of like having the legends there and having the target score of 50 then to 25, and I, I think that it should stay this way though because if this was a full game. If you just had two teams and played a full game, it would have dragged. This saved you from having those lulls uh, that you typically uh, would have and the lulls that you typically would would see in a Rising Stars contest that, in my opinion, created more highlights as well uh, and created more talking points as well. 
because in a typical full game action of Rising Stars, it drag on and maybe you'd get an alley-oop pass. Maybe you'd get a cool logo three. But other than that, nothing really broke out and happened. Some of these games, and, and there was moments in these games where it's very, very intense, and you could tell these teams uh, wanted to win because whenever you throw that target score in there, it, it's just something about it. Just It just makes you uh, kind of revert back to what it was like, uh, you know, on the street or whatever and, and with your buddies of like, we're going to go to 21 or whatever. And it just kind of mounted that pressure where there's no such thing as a blowout because there are matchups where even in all-star games, even rising stars games that the teams can be lopsided. Like in my opinion, I think that Kevin Durant's team is terrible this year. Like as far as all-star teams go, it's not a good one. I think that LeBron James team on paper should beat them by 50, but you get that saving grace of having, uh, you know, a, uh, a target score, the Elam ending, things like that. So I think it was really good format. I think it made Friday night the best Friday night that there is. Obviously, it's a low bar because, again, Friday nights are usually the throwaway night of All-Star Weekend, but it made it really, really fun. Coming up, let's talk about Josh Giddy outperforming his fellow rookies, Scotty Barnes and Kate Cunningham in the Skills Challenge and how the rookies fared over there in a Skills Contest to open up NBA Saturday night. We're going to talk about all that and more, including LeBron James, Maybe trying to recruit Sam Presti? Coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to tell you right now, though, about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off of your next order. Folks, it's easy to stick with your New Year's resolutions whenever Bar has so many flavors. So many different combinations to choose from that you never get bored. It's never repetitive. It's never old to choose Built Bar. Love me some Built Bars, so check them out. They have so many great flavors, and they come out with new ones every single day. They have a cycling through of just limited-time-only flavors as well to choose from, like these puffs that kind of give you that marshmallowy, fluffy uh, treat. They're better for you than candy bars. They taste better than candy bars as well. They're low-calorie, high-protein, and every single bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. yes. 100% real chocolate. Even the puff bars that taste marshmallow have 100% real chocolate on the outside. Go to builtsgut.com and check them out today. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Uh, compare that to a candy, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen net carbs. Mint, brownie, coconut, almond, and, and white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all available and more over there at built.com. I love built bars. I love cookies and cream. Go check it out. Built.com, promo code lock 15, 15% off of your next order. And use the promo code lock 15 for 15% off your next order at built.com. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, go check out Lockdown Now podcast, which is a nightly show recapping the night before in the association. That way you can know what's happening around the league. Because look, it is hard to watch every single game, every single night. It's almost impossible. It really is. So allow our local experts every night to break down their games for you, and you can listen to them in a short spurt on the Lockdown Now podcast on Lockdown NBA, uh, and there are its own feed, Lockdown Now podcast as well. So it's a daily podcast as well from our local experts breaking down every NBA game, starting that back up on Thursday whenever games return in the association. 
So go check it out. Subscribe for free across all platforms. We're also free across all platforms, including on YouTube. And again, thank you all for making Lockdown Thunder uh, a part of your routine. And also, we had our biggest day ever last week, which was incredible. Uh, that's all thanks to you guys, so appreciate that as well. Uh, and let's talk now about NBA Saturday night. What a night it was in the association. The skills competition starts it off. And again, a brand new format, which is what we've seen with every single uh, event so far, besides the three-point contest and the uh, dunk contest, is a brand new format. And uh, once again, it was better. I think it was a lot better. Now, obviously, the skills contest, there's only so much you can do, and, and, and there's only so much interest you can have in it. But uh, I like the new teams split up. I like the um, I, I like the addition of three rookies versus the Giannis bros, you know, the Dante bros, Giannis, Alex and Thanasis, and then the Cavs, you know, the host team, Mobley, Garland, Allen. I like that that iteration of it. It did go long because you're cycling through all these players or whatever than I think it normally would, uh, but still, it was fun. And in the shooting contest, Josh Giddy proved 16 points, knocking down corner threes, which was very impressive, and he outperformed uh, the rest of his counterparts. I mean, Scotty Barnes just had an awful, awful weekend. He goes over six to start the shooting portion. Kate Cunningham, a little too cool for school at the, at the start of it. He kind of was way too relaxed in, in the sense of didn't have a ton of uh, a ton of pep in his step, so to say. Josh Giddy had 36 of the 88 points in the passing category. We knew he'd dominate that category. And in the relay race, he had uh, the relay, relay race finished in 22 seconds. Kate Cunningham, though, did come through in the half-court shots in the championship round. He hit it in 10 seconds, although the Cavs hit it in five, thanks to Evan Mobley. So the rookies lose in the title game to Team Cavs uh, in the skills competition, but Josh Giddy dominates that skills challenge. It was a lot of fun. Cat uh, win, wins uh, the three-point contest. I think that it was an awesome contest. Carlton Towns dominates that uh, championship round. It was, it was fun to watch him kind of just go scorched earth in, in that three-point contest. And I'm officially on board with uh, many people who've been there long before I have of the three-point contest is much better than the contest. Now, it's been true in recent years, but I think that's even more true now because I, I I look at this contest field before the weekend and I thought, hey, you know what? I love Jalen Green's explosiveness. I love his ability to dunk. Obi Toppin has been this high-flying dunker since college. I mean, that's kind of why he got on the scene at Dayton. And then whatever Cole Anthony can bring, whatever uh, Toscano Anderson can bring. And it was the most boring dunk contest I can imagine. Not the worst, but the most boring. There is no big takeaway. There is no dunk that kids right now at, on Sunday afternoon are going in the driveway and trying to recreate. There is no memorable moment from that dunk contest. And if this field could not present the memorable moment, it was it's all guys who are young, who try to make a name for themselves, who are trying to have that lightning in a bottle, like fame for the next 24 hours. If this field cannot produce a memorable dunk, a dunk you want to go and try to recreate outside whenever you lower the goal to the lowest setting, then there is no really good option. There is no good field that you can put together. And so now... I am officially going to be a party pooper when it comes to the dunk contest. I've always tried to stay optimistic about the dunk contest, but every year it fails. And then whenever this field fails, I got nothing for you. I've got nothing for you on the dunk contest. I don't. It's just 
disheartening that this field couldn't come through. Very, very boring. Obi Toppin wins it. Uh, it did not even register. We were waiting and waiting and waiting to turn it off. I don't know why we watched the whole thing. I don't know why we stuck around, but we did, and we just could not wait to turn it off if you we were watching that live. Uh, it drug on, and it was bad. It was awful. But that's NBA Saturday night. Uh, not a great night in general, but again, there were some fun moments like the skills challenge, like Carlton Towns, like the memes on Twitter making fun of the dunk contest was very fun. And then we'll see what the All-Star game can bring. I think that the All-Star game, the the most fun part will be when we see what happens at the halftime show where you're kind of getting the whole cast of top 75 players overall, like kind of all in one room for the most part, as many that can be there as possible. And seeing if the NBA gives them any gifts or kind of what funny moments might happen with that. Uh, I think that the that the TBS broadcast, which is going to feature the Inside the NBA crew, being your kind of play-by-play, color, that kind of watch-along version of the All-Star game will be a lot of fun. But as far as the teams go, I'm really scared that we're going to see a blowout until the, until the Elam ending portion comes to be because I, I just think that, that Team LeBron has so much more talent than Team Durant. So we'll see how that fares. But I do want to talk about Team LeBron and LeBron James, because after the practice session on Saturday, LeBron James took to the media pods, and and of course he has a huge scrum of media there, and he starts talking about Josh Giddy and Sam Presti. What does it mean? Should we put on our tinfoil hats? What's happening with LeBron and Sam Presti? We're going to talk about all that coming up on Locked on Thunder, but first... Hey, right now, but good friends over at betonline.ag. Football's over, but basketball's in full swing. So, both pro and college hoops are in action right now. Obviously, it's the all star break for the NBA, but you can still check out future bets in the NBA, like playoff NBA finals odds, MVP odds for, for now, the new look NBA after the trade deadline is over. Uh, you can also go bet on, say, the Sixers. We got a re- revamp look and maybe get some good odds on them uh, before Harden makes his debut. Uh, from the latest odds, totals, player performances, and, and props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, and even Olympic coverage and info. So head over to the website today or even use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at betonline.net. BetOnline is where the game starts. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, go check out the Locked On NBA podcast with Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available across all platforms, just like this podcast is. And on Monday's episode, I'm on there with Jackson Gatlin talking about Josh Giddy's All-Star Weekend, the Rising Stars Contest, uh, and the Skills Challenge, and all the fun stuff that happened around that. So here are me and Jackson Gatlin on Locked on NBA on Monday. Go check it out on the Locked on NBA YouTube page or the Locked on NBA podcast feed, wherever you get podcasts from. We have both as well over at Locked on Thunder. But Let's end the story. Let's end the podcast with the biggest story of uh, All Star Weekend because let's face it, it was fun watching Josh Giddy perform, but it's not a huge um, uh, deal in general. But what is a big deal 
is LeBron James praising Sam Presti. This is from our good friend, Ben Goliver, who's a friend of the podcast, been on the show before, says Lakers LeBron James on Thunder's GM, Sam Presti. Quote, the MVP over there is Sam Presti. I don't understand this guy's eye for talent. He drafts KD, Russell Westbrook, Jeff Green, Serge Ibaka, Reggie Jackson, and Josh Giddy. This guy's pretty damn good. Now, look, is it weird that he praised Josh, that they praised uh, Reggie Jackson in there? Uh, it is weird. Is it awesome and flattering that he praised Josh Giddy in the midst of KB, Russell Westbrook, and these Hall of Famers? Sure. Uh, but I think that with LeBron James, we all just rush to put on our tinfoil hats because he seemingly runs the game of basketball. He's arguably the best, best player to ever play the game. We know clutch sports has a stronghold on the association. And we know that behind the scenes, LeBron runs the Lakers and, and runs the NBA for the most part. And it's easy to kind of hang on every word he says and to every syllable that comes out of his mouth. And again, have the conspiracy theories, but, I think this time you just let the compliment sit and you say thanks for the compliment and you move on because in the same breath, he praised Les Snead who traded every draft pick he owns for this Ram Super Bowl. And look, he won a Super Bowl. So it's a good, it's a good bet, but uh, that's just not Sam Presti's MO. So he kind of praised two polar opposite GMs in one media session uh, called Les Snead, his guy. And obviously that might be a shot at the Lakers for not trading that 2027 first round pick at the deadline to try to improve this team uh, for the Lakers this year. But in my opinion, this has nothing to do with LeBron tampering or trying to get Sam Presti to go to LA. Well, it's funny to make the jokes, and you know, John Hollinger made the joke as well on Twitter, which was kind of the biggest name I saw do it, but there might have been more. I make the joke about LeBron tampering with a GM and things like that. In my opinion, this is not the job for Sam Presti. And I don't just say that with the thunder-colored glasses on. I have a guy who loves flexibility, who loves assets, and who loves control. You don't get any of that in LA. You just don't. LeBron's going to control the team. They don't have any assets, and they seemingly have no flexibility. Now, Sam Presti is also a magician, so could he work around AD and Russ and LeBron and find flexibility? Maybe. But again, every move has to get past LeBron. So it's still LeBron's jurisdiction. In Oklahoma City, he pretty much has nobody checking him. He pretty much has nobody, you know, kind of vetoing him. He's the final call. Now, he does a great job of taking in other factors like opinions from the head coach, opinions from his staff, opinions from the scouts, opinions from the owner. But luckily in the Oklahoma City, the ownership group is not a meddling, is not a meddlesome kind that, that really vetoes anything that Sam wants to do. And so Sam has a ton of control here. We know he's put up a ton of assets here, historic draft capital and historic assets in Oklahoma City. And we know that with the criticism he's gotten over the last couple of years, with uh, the kind of black hole we're in right now in the sense of we don't really know how this rebuild is going to pan out this kind of wait and see period sam presley already has a great legacy and a great uh respect built up for him if he pulls this rebuild off there's no more questioning his ability to be a gm his ability and his long lasting legacy in, in the sense of being a a basketball hall of famer type of gm so i think that that is also appealing to him I think that if Sam Presti was going to leave Oklahoma City, he would have done it for the Celtics last offseason. Whenever they wanted him, and that's his hometown team, it's where he grew up, it's where he loves. He loves the Celtics organization, I'm sure, being from Massachusetts. I think that he would have taken that Celtics job last year if he wanted to leave Oklahoma City. I think he wants to see this rebuild through and wants to, you know, just see if he can make it work, see if he can make the process happen. 
because he won't be rushed out the door like Sam Hinkie was. He won't be, uh, he, he won't have a clock put on him anytime soon by the Thunder. Now, the national media is already putting that clock on him, but by the Thunder and their decision makers, he's got a long leash and the longest leash you could ever ask for. That's not the case with the Lakers. Now, is the Lakers appealing in the sense of you go win a title and you're the most popular guy ever? Sure. Uh, I th- but I think that the tinfoil hat should be put away on this one. I think that it's a compliment. You say thanks. And, and uh, it's cool that you have random Sirius XM radio DJs you know, knocking Sam Presti every day on Twitter. Uh, the king of basketball, the, the biggest tastemaker in the, in the association is praising your GM. That's the cool part. He also said that Josh Giddy plays a beautiful game of basketball. That's very fun as well. Obviously, getting respect from LeBron at 19 years old has to feel very cool for Josh Giddy. And the more interesting part of all of this is that LeBron was very vocal this weekend and talked about maybe returning to Cleveland and, and just it doesn't seem like it's working in LA for him long term. Could he be moved this offseason? That would be wild, but uh, it'd be interesting nonetheless. I, I think that. The more interesting part is confirming out loud to everybody to hear that been at least his last season in the NBA with Bronny. And wherever Bronny's at, he'll go. And he says, no matter what, he'll take the league minimum because he said money's no option. So if you're in a if you've drafted Bronny, but you're in a salary cap bind, he'll take the vet minimum to play with Bronny. No matter what happens, he wants to play with Bronny in the NBA. And obviously the Thunder control the draft for the foreseeable future including in 2024, which is going to be Bronny's draft. Going back to Sam Presti, though, he's not going to throw away a draft pick just to get 40-year-old LeBron James, right? He's not going to just throw away. I mean, it still is on Bronny to be a really good prospect and be a really good player. I think that he is a good player. I think that we'll see how he progresses. I think that he's going to be an NBA player for sure, obviously, but the range in which Bronny lands will be more so the measure of if the Thunder will take him, even though they have all these draft picks, because I just don't see Sam Presti throwing away a pick to get LeBron James at, at kind of his elder state. But maybe the Thunder will because they have so many assets. Maybe that's the argument for the Thunder to do it because they have so many picks and you might as well get LeBron on whatever deal he'll accept uh, to Oklahoma City for that business venture and for the fact that you can say the best player of all time played for your franchise at one point. We'll see what it looks like long term. But it is interesting to know that for a team like the Thunder who control the draft – that LeBron will do anything, anything to play with Bronny. And it doesn't just have to have leverage for drafting Bronny. Imagine all the teams, no offense, like the Magic, who are willing to make dumb decisions, or the Kings, who are willing to make dumb decisions for the better business sense of basketball to have that flash, to have that star in LeBron, and to not have to play the waiting game. If you control the whole draft and you have all these draft picks, you can trade your pick to a team that will trade up for Bronny and give way too much just to have 40-year-old LeBron James on their team. Or you can be the team that has LeBron James on their team. And again, it all comes down to Bronny. It's hard to have these conversations without knowing how good Bronny will be. And I think it's unfair to judge him now and try to predict that now. I think that we should let him grow as a player and we'll kind of see where he lands in 2024 during that draft cycle. But it is interesting to know that LeBron will do anything it takes to play with his son at the NBA level. Obviously, it'd be a very, very cool story. It will be a very, very cool story uh, to see LeBron play with his kid. Uh, so we'll see how it all pans out. But that's it for today's show on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. We've got so much content coming for you the rest of the week. 
Uh, a lot of content coming out on Locked On Thunder. Folks, we're going to do NBA Stock Watch after the deadline, plus Thunder Stock Watch in that same episode. Uh, we're going to have a mailback episode. We're going to grade the team post-deadline. We're going to have a draft crossover this week and a tankers crossover this week, talking with all the other tanking podcast teams uh, for the NBA. So that'll be a lot of fun as well. So a lot coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast and this week's Locked On Thunder podcast all throughout the week. And games return Thursday and Friday. So Friday, you're going to have a recap of the Suns game. And then on Sunday, you'll have a recap of the Pacers game. It'll be a lot of fun. Check it out. Locked On Thunder podcast for free and available across all platforms every single day. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.